Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. While the baskets are going around, I want to take a moment today to introduce you to a very special friend of mine. Uh, Fernando de Carvalho is the missions pastor at Lifestone Church in the South Side here in Pittsburgh. He's also the mission director at Think Missions, which is an organization that pairs the local church in the United States with churches around the world to expand God's kingdom. And I wanted to bring Fernando in today because not only is he an awesome man, a great friend, but he's a powerful agent in the kingdom of God. And he's going to talk to us today uh, about missions around the world and also as well in our community. So would you give a big Encounter Church welcome to Fernando de Carvalho. Good morning, Counter Church. Come on, we can do better than that. I am so excited. I really am to see you. Can I, can I give a story before we even yes, start this? Yes, please do. Um, you know, one of Jared's, as he was beginning to plant this, he had, he had a goal of finding 200 people to pray. Am I right? And, um, and I, I, I'm telling you that I was privileged to be part of the 200. Uh, how many of you know that God's church will not go anywhere without prayer? Yeah, and I remember, um, I remember walking these streets, this particular street, uh, and praying and expecting. And it's funny, I thought about this as I was sitting there. Um, I just got married, and I hope to one day have a kid, and some of you know what have a kid is, and you're always expecting um, uh, what, what that child's going to look like. Yeah? Is it going to have dad's nose? Is it going to have mom's, you know, forehead? Is it going to have, you know, grandpa's mouth, right? And, and I feel as I was walking the streets and praying for Encounter Church, I was a bit like that. I was just expecting what it would look like. And here it is, God's bride. It is a beautiful thing. So thank you for being here, for allowing me to come and speak with you. Uh, I appreciate you. Awesome. Well, just a little backstory. Uh, we moved to Pittsburgh in December 2009 to help start Lifestone Church in, in the south side of Pittsburgh with Pastor Jack Thomas. Fernando was with us from, I think, the beginning. And uh, over the last five years, Fernando and I have gotten to know each other really well. And uh, Fernando has been a challenge and has been just a great uh, trajectory point in my life. I've watched him as a disciple of Jesus. I've seen his passion for people, for the passion to, to, to know Jesus in his personal life and, and for other people to know him. And, uh, and so he, he came on staff at Lifestone about a year ago as the missions pastor there to help Lifestone Church build a culture of missions in that church, both on a local level and on a global level. And so what I thought it would be great for us today was to kind of just get a little bit of, of the knowledge and heart from Fernando, because we want that same heart here at Encounter Church. We want to be a church that reaches the world for Jesus. Just like that song that we were talking about that we're singing about how he loves us. God loves us so incredibly much, but not just us. He loves everyone in the world the same way. And I want everyone to know it. And the only way that happens is 
places if we go. So, Fernando, tell us a little bit about what it's like at Lifestone uh, on a local level. What is it that, that, uh, that you started up at Lifestone to kind of reach their community of Southside and beyond and the heart behind it? Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, of course, Encounter and, and Lifestone, I hope, shares the same, the same DNA of sorts. Uh, we started planting by serving the community, right? Before th- there was even a building to meet. Uh, you were there doing an egg hunt, and you were there painting the community, cleaning up, and taking care of the people um, of, of Lawrenceville. And Lifestone started the same way. And uh, it's always been our hearts that uh, what we carry inside of us, it is the most precious, most beautiful, most powerful agent for transformation. Can I get an amen on that one? What we carry, it is the most powerful, precious, beautiful agent of transformation in, in a people group, in a community, yeah? The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, but the church of Jesus Christ can't stay inside. And that's always been our DNA, that we would leave the pews of the church and we would go into the community and share that precious person that we have within us called the Holy Spirit. That we can go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the agent of transformation that can take uh, a prostitute and make her into a beautiful, uh, loving, godly young lady. Yeah? It is, it is only, the only gospel that can bring the addict dad, the alcoholic, the angry dad out of out of beating his wife and beating his children and come home and bring bread and milk and honey and love and prayer into the home. It is the only thing. There can be, there's no 12 stops program. There is no, there's no, uh, 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 there's nothing. There's no recovery of any sort that can really make the transformation that Jesus Christ can. So that's been our DNA. And so we wanted to say, how can we do that effectively in Lifestone as a community because we know the Lifestone is different than Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville is different than Allison Park and, and Allison Park is different than, than Squirrel Hill. And, and so the first thing that we did, we, we wanted to see first what was the gap? What gap needed field in our community? Because that's why we're there. That's why Encounter is in Lawrenceville that there are gaps in this community that God has called specifically for this church to go and fill. And so we wanted to see what was the, were those gaps at, at, at Lifestone and in, in, in Southside as a community. And not one of them was single moms. There were tons of single moms. Come on, any single moms in the house? You know, we give up to you. You work so hard. There's no provider at home. They're providing. They're taking care of the kids, right? And so uh, there was a big gap there that we wanted to meet. We found that out because there were so many single moms in our church. We found that out because we asked door to door that there were single moms and single dads all around the community struggling, and we wanted to meet that gap. So we found out, we, we came up with an idea that we would start a store in our facility at Lifestone Church. We rented one of the garages. I came up with a bunch of men. We went with some nails and hammer, and we nailed some shelves on the on the wall, and we, we, we put a couple hooks, and, and we start getting donations for diapers, and for clothing, and for hygiene stuff, and we wanted to bring the single moms over, and we wanted to also help the single moms of our church to be able to, 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 to have some kind of, 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 of help and encouragement, 
You know, the truth is that, that the diaper was, was, it's important that the kids have diapers, right? How many believe that the, the diapers are important? However, I think, I think what we wanted to do, we wanted to leave the pews of the church and we wanted to go into the store and we wanted to go into a single family's, a single mom's home and we wanted to love on them. And we wanted to tell them that, that there is somebody else here that care for what you're doing. That's important. Because in one of those conversations, Jesus Christ usually come up. And then we get to share them the good news and we get to share them the love of Christ. So that was one of the ways that we wanted to reach outside of the pews. And then the second way was we wanted to take care of the homeless. We knew that our uh, church, um, many of you here, I see so many familiar faces like being at home again. Uh, we serve the homeless a lot together. And um, we wanted to take that baby to a new level. We wanted to see homeless being loved, cared for, but we also wanted to see the homeless being treated, being taken care of, being, going into recovery. I wanted to see people laying hands on them and casting out whatever was holding them back. And so we began to have church under the bridge. If they're not going to come to church, we'll bring church to them. Isn't that what the church is about? Right? Isn't it about bringing the church to them? And so we did. So we have worship. We lay hands and we pray with them. Some yell and cuss us out while we're preaching. But we're there loving on them. Yeah? And then we connected because the idea was, if I have somebody here that wants to be free and wants to have a home and wants to leave the environment that they're in, because some don't and some do, okay? That's how homeless, the homeless... Uh, uh, um, uh, environment kind of works out a lot of the times. And so we connected with Cedar Reach Network, which has a, a recovery home for the homeless and the attic. So now every single week that we leave our pews, we leave with, a different, with, with an organization called Cedar Reach Network that have a home for re, for, for, to recover them. And so I, have, I can't tell you how many times I've looked in the eyes of a homeless guy and said, do you want to leave? Because you can leave this. I can get you a roof. I can get you Bible studies. I can get you clean. And I'm telling you, God is going to meet you every day. In the nine months, you'll be out of there ready to go feed your family again. And some look at me in my eyes and says, no, thank you. And some say, yes, I would like to. And we've carried them right off the bridge. And we put them in the home. And today they're cleaned up and they're following Jesus. Some are even preaching the gospel. And that's really awesome to hear. Amen. That's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. But you know, when we were at Lifestone, when my wife and I were at Lifestone Church, we grabbed the DNA. Part of why we were so excited about moving from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh to help start Lifestone was because of that philosophy, that mindset of understanding that the church is meant to be the vehicle that should drive all the change, the positive things we need to see in our world. And we started Encounter Church for that same reason. We want to take what we have been given and take it into our community. And you, some of you have already seen, we, we're doing local things as well, and we want to continue that and push forward in that. We, we do our egg hunt every year to bless those families. One of those gaps that we were taught, you're 
talking about, one of the gaps in our community is, is between for families. There are a lot of families in Lawrenceville who don't have anything to do for families. There's a whole bunch of great stuff for adults and young adults here, but not a lot of family types of things. There are teenagers running all over the place who are putting graffiti all over windows and buildings and things because they don't have anything going on. A lot of single parent homes. And so we want to provide things for them to be able to, to have a good time together and see that God loves them. And so we do our egg hunt and we have our back to school bash coming up. And, and at Halloween and Christmas, we do things. But we don't want to just do these big splash events, which are fun. We want to do what, like you said, we want to create opportunities for conversations with people. So we're starting our free market, which is very similar to what Lifestone is doing. And, awesome. and so we're going to be launching our free market the same day of our back-to-school bash, which is going to be a space for people who are in need to come and get free clothing and free bags of groceries so that we can meet a physical need but also be able to engage in conversation with them about the love that Jesus has for them and that even though we can provide food and provide clothing, there is so much more that that they can have. The food and clothing will be gone in a matter of time, but the hope that we can offer them through Jesus Christ will last them forever. And that's the kind of church we want to be. So we talked about local. So that's a local concept of, of being the, the hands and the feet of Jesus on a, on a regular, daily basis. But the scriptures actually talk about not just locally, but they talk about globally, like this, this concept that we know of called the kingdom of God. It is, is God's overarching family that every one of us who believe in, who follow Jesus are part of this kingdom, we're part of this family that is always expanding. So Fernando, tell us about what, what is so important, not just about the local, but about this global missions concept. Yeah, th- this is, uh, you know, I need another two hours on that one. <laughs> he only gave Which me, we don't have. He only gave me 20 minutes. Because I just love the subject of missions. Not because it's, it's, just, it's not just a ministry that we, we kind of uh, feel like it's, it's important to talk about and serve in. Uh, it is the heart of God. The heart of God is to reach the world for Jesus. What's the most famous scripture in the Bible? That, that describes the gospel so well in one scripture. Everybody knows this one. For God so loved... Come on. God so loved the world. He loves Lawrenceville. He loves Southside. He loves Allison Park, Squirrel Hill. But he loves the world equally. And it is amazing that Jerusalem was just kind of put upside down for Jesus. And then, and then Greece was put upside down for Jesus. And then Italy was put upside down for Jesus. Do you understand what I mean by putting upside down? Just shaken, just, just completely changed with the gospel, right? Turkey was upside down for Jesus. So many places were just completely changed because the heart of God was about the world. And we see here, I want to share this with you because it is God's heart. It is not just church ministry. It is just not something else that we do. Is everybody with me? Uh, that scripture right there is Genesis 1.28, so forgive my typo, okay? So if you're, putting, if you're writing anything down. I love, uh, this, is, this is the first great commission. We all know about the great commission in Matthew 28.19, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. This is the first great commission, fill the earth. G- B- 
But Yahweh, the creator of the universe, after he created everything, he went to Adam and Eve, created them, and says, fill the earth. Not just fill this garden that we're in. I want, we want you to fill the earth. And that begins and he births the heart of God for the world. That God wants to subdue the whole world. And then we see here uh, one of the most beautiful covenants of God with, with humankind. Every single thing that you're doing today, you're in church today, and you read the word today, and you follow Jesus today, and it's all anchored in this covenant. It is anchored there. God cannot diminish. God cannot um, obstruct. God cannot damage his character, okay? So he cannot break his word. It's an impossibility. And here's what he says. He says that he would make Israel a great nation through Abraham. There's a geographical covenant. There's a geographical promise. That does not mean the world. That means Israel is going to be blessed through Abraham. That's Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Verse 2 is a personal blessing. He says, Abraham, I will bless you. You. It's a personal blessing. Jared, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. You and your family are going to be taken care of. You're going to be under the covering of God. You're going to be under the favor of God. You're going to be under God's word, under his protection. No matter how far you go, I'm always going to go after you and pick you up. I'm going to rescue you from whatever you go to. Your children's children are going to be taken care of because I am blessing you and I cannot break my word. Right? That's a personal blessing. And then there was a spiritual blessing. And that's Genesis chapter 3. This is very important. God cannot break his word. And he says in his word that all peoples, this translation says all families. I like the word peoples better, okay? It has a better translation. It says all peoples. That means every people group in the world. You know that there is over 7,000 people group who have not heard the word of Jesus before, who have not heard the gospel before, the same gospel that has set you free, they have not heard. And here's, that's 2.8 billion people. Can I share a quick story? Can I? I read this story and it just really touched me. Um, there is a, a big river in India called the Ganga River, and th- this river is, is one of the nastiest, um, most diseased-infected river uh, that exists. Uh, there's, there's dead bodies floating around, all around, because uh, there's so much sacrifice to the gods, and they just uh, sacrifice people there often. And Anyway, um, I read the story of a missionary who who was walking close to this river, and this, he sees this single mom who was struggling with finances, struggling with life. She was a bit anxious and depressed about everything that's happening. So she walks in with, his, with her little uh, newborn into the river. And he's watching this, and he's watching this, this mom walking in there, and then she, she all of a sudden let the babe go. 
and then she walks away from the baby and walks out of the river. And the missionary kind of running there to meet her as she's walking out of the river. She's crying and just bawling. She says, what what did you just do? Where's your baby? She said, I sacrificed it to my gods so that I can gain favor in his eye. And then she says this to him. If you only had come earlier... Because he had just shared the message of the gospel with her. That she didn't need to sacrifice her only baby. Because Jesus Christ would watch over her and bring favor into her life. And she said, if you had only come two minutes earlier, I would not have allowed my baby to drown in this water. And I would not have killed my own son. If he had only come a couple of minutes earlier. It's not good news. Unless it gets there on time. And many of us are sitting here and there are people in the Ganges River sacrificing their babies. And there is an opportunity for all of us to go into the world and tell them that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is alive. He walked this earth. He was raised from the dead after taking your sins into the dirt and leaving it there forever and evermore. And then there is hope for them. We need to tell them the message of the gospel. And, and I leave you with that story because if you bring, bring that, that story, that, the, 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 the next scripture up for a second. This is, this is to me one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. Because um, God says, as, as Isaiah is prophesying and, and 730 years before Christ comes, you know, and he's, he's, he's saying, Jesus, here's, here, I'm going to put it in plain words, okay. He says, it is too small of a thing. That, that I would just bless Israel through you. Another translation says exactly, it is too small of a thing. This one says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel. He said, it's too small of a thing for the creator of the universe to take care of a country that is only the size of New Jersey. God is going to... God is going to bless them forever and forevermore until he comes back. Trust me. It's his promise. But it's too small of a thing for the creator. It is too small of a thing for Lawrenceville and Encounter Church to be just in Lawrenceville. Can I preach to somebody? It is too small of a thing. God wants to take over the world. And he wants to use you. Can you believe that? He wants to use your leadership. He wants to use the staff. He wants to use all of you, whether you can preach or not, whether you can share your testimony or not. If you have a mouth, if you have legs, if you have an arm, and if you call Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he wants to take you to India. He wants to take you to Israel. He wants to take you to many other places that I'm going to show you that you have an opportunity to go. Because he wants the whole world. He wants us to subdue and fill the whole earth. With God's people. Until he comes back. John 3.16. Everybody knows. For God so loved the world. And then Jesus comes. And says to all of his his disciples. Go. And make disciples of all nations. All nations. That's the reason why. I think we need to be getting 
encounter church connected to the world. Is that a good reason? Is God's word a good reason to go? Come on, can I get somebody to just say, go like this to me? If you agree that God wants to take over the world for his name, yeah? I believe he wants to do that with you. No matter what size, no matter what, what place you are in your walk with Christ. Um, if you go to the next slide, um, we're going to go into the uh, last, last thing, I think, um, that, that talks about how can, can encounter get involved, right? Um, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have been touched by, by Jesus' church? Has, has Jesus church, has, has Encounter Church or any other church, can I, can I see your hand like you mean it? Yeah. Yeah, you've been touched by Jesus' church, right? There has been some kind of investment in you from the hope of the world, God's bride. And there's a responsibility for us to reinvest that. I see that as the biblical pattern in the church, in the church of, of Acts, Right? The disciples come together, they pray, they fast, they do life together, they worship together just like you are, and then they send people out to another country. They send people out to another region. They send people outside from where they're meeting. Do we, do we see that same biblical pattern? And then they build what? Another church. Not a church building, but they bring leadership to take care of the believers that have just accepted Christ in this persecuted neighborhood. That's the, and, then, and then people there send people to another country and they gather a bunch of people, right? And they pray together and they worship together. They do life together and then they send people to reach another country. That's the biblical pattern of missions in the church of Acts. I believe and our organization believe that uh, we want to we align ourselves with that same pattern. Is everybody following me? I want, I want to, to pray together, fast together, do life together, cry together. There's going to be some crying here. You know that? There's going to be some crying. There's going to be some sweating together on the street. Come on, somebody. And, and, but that's, about do, that's what doing life together is about. That's what church is about. But you can't just be about that. We have to take this precious, beautiful message, and we have to take the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. God says that he leads us in triumphal processions in Christ, spreading everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Right? Do you know you have a sweet fragrance whether you took a shower last night or not? Come on. You have a sweet fragrance to you. It's the Holy Spirit's perfume. The Bible says it is the smell of death to some and the smell of life to others. And we need to bring that message. We need to give them an opportunity to choose. And so we go and we connect from, we're only from Mars, not Mars, but Mars, you know, PA. And um, we connect with uh, the North American church. Our vision is to facilitate and empower the North American church to fill the globe with life-giving churches so that you who put your hand up that have experienced the life-changing of the message of Christ and the beauty of doing family together, we can replicate that somewhere else. We planted 37 churches last year. 
I don't say that to boast, but I tell you that there are thousands of children, of prostitutes, of garbage dump kids, of, of drunk dads, all being transformed for the glory of God this morning, all over the world. Do you see that? We want that to happen here in Encounter Church. That's God's vision. And so that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to now, I'm going to make myself part of the family. Can I? Can I be part of the Encounter sure. family? Please do. Yes. I want to I come back with you. I want to update you on some of the things we do. And I know there's going to be partnerships. There are going to be some of you that I'm looking at right now that are going to be coming with me to reach the world for Jesus. Amen? Can we do it? Can we pray at least? Can just ask Jesus? I tell him, don't, don't ask God if he wants you to do missions. Because here's the answer, prayer. Can you bring it back to the, uh, the, the verse? It says, go and make disciples of all nations. Your prayers are answered. You need to be doing missions regardless. Matt, Matt Chandler said it like this. If you're not praying for the nations, giving to the nations or going to the nations, you are in direct disobedience with God's word. So maybe you can't go, but you can give. Maybe you can't give and you can pray. Is that, is that a deal? That's the partnership that I think we can do it together. So for, let me put this in, in maybe a little bit of a frame for, for you guys at our church. You know, we want to be a church that is not just talking about missions that doesn't just reach our local community. We want to have an impact on the world uh, like you're talking about. We want people to know who Jesus is and the transforming power of his love, whether it be in India, whether it be in Cuba, whether it be in Europe or Asia or anywhere in the world. And, and so there's all sorts of ways that we can do that. And, and very clearly, like you said, the first thing is pray. We should all be praying for, for the nations, for people to know Jesus. There are missionaries all over the world right now who are living full-time in other countries, some of them very dangerous places and where, they are, where the gospel is not welcome. And they are living there on the ground, sharing the good news of Jesus at great risk to themselves oftentimes. We need to be praying for them. Our friends, Aaron and Susie Hoover, that we, that we brought in uh, during our launch phase and we've, we've talked about before, that we support uh, monthly as, as, as missionaries, they are getting ready to move into the 1040 window, which is the longitude uh, of the 10 and the 40th longitudes that creates this space across the world. That 2.8 billion people that Fernando was talking about, a large portion of them are in this place. They're moving there and will have to go in a way almost into a covert sort of situation as missionaries. And we want to pray for them. They're friends of ours. They are our family. We need to pray for them. That's the first thing. We also want to go. We want to go as a church. We want to help you have opportunities to be able to get up and to take trips with us. Now, some of you, some of you might right now even be feeling like God is putting something in you. And I, I want to tell you a quick story. This is, this is something that happened to me. This was maybe 10 years ago. I was still in college and I was at a, I was volunteering at a church uh, as, as, a, as a youth worship leader. And I remember being in a missions uh, service one day at this church and I was sitting there and there was a gentleman from China who was preaching about his missionary work in, in the country of China. And I felt like God that day asked me quietly in my heart, Jared, if I asked you to go, would you? And it was, it was as clear as day. 
I just felt like God said to me, if I asked you to go, would you? And I said, yes. I said, yeah, I would, I would do that. I just knew in my heart that I would answer that call. Now I'm here because God hasn't asked me to go and I feel like maybe one day he might. But what I'm saying to you is even right now, there could be someone in the room right now who's saying, you know, when I hear what Fernando is saying and God is pulling on my heart and God is saying to me, they're asking that same question. If I asked you to go, would you go? And he could be saying as a permanent resident to pick up your bags and your, your family and everything and move. But maybe he's just saying, would you go on a trip? Would you go with Encounter Church? Would you go with Think Missions and, and other Christians from around the world to go to these nations? Would you do that? And we want to give you opportunities to be able to go. So starting next year, we're going to be talking about opportunities for us to be able to go. And some of these are, are pretty affordable trips to be able to take. And we'll give opportunities to raise money and, and do those things. Because we want to be obedient to what Scripture teaches. It says to go into the entire world and make disciples. We can't do that if we're not willing to go places. And so... Fern, tell us about some of the countries, just real quickly, about some of the places and some of the things that Lifestone has done partnering with Think Missions, but also just some of the opportunities that might be available for us, just sort of real world, maybe even next year, where places we could go and the types of things maybe we might do there. Absolutely. Um, So we concentrate on a couple of different countries. Uh, We believe that we want to keep the work sustainable in some of these places. We don't want to just go there and leave them uh, once we, we build them a building, we want to stop training them, loving them, praying for them. So we concentrate in these countries. However, um, if, if, if Encounter says to me, you know, God, God gave me a dream yesterday, Fernando, and, and we want to go to Kazakhstan. I have, I have relationships in over 80 countries. Um, we, have, we can connect you to any of those countries in a matter of a year. And we can plant churches just about anywhere in the world that, uh, that we can. Um, of course, some of these countries, uh, we're not allowed to even touch our feet in, like Saudi Arabia. But um, here are the, the countries that we're concentrating on right now, Bolivia. I'll leave to Bolivia in two weeks. We're building a church among the Quechua Indians, um, which is really a neat opportunity. We're laying 10,000 blocks in one week. Come on. Uh, and then we're preaching the gospel, we're doing some evangelism work, and we're leaving them with a life-giving church. I think we have some of the pictures of these up on the uh, screen, that right? One, uh, that one is actually in Honduras. Okay. Uh, and that's a country that we're going in January. By the way, if you want to go to Honduras, that's still open um, to, until uh, at the end of the, this month. You can still sign up. Um, we planted this church uh, in Honduras. We built this thing for the ground up. I want to show you this picture. This brought tears to my eyes when I saw the missionary on the ground send me a photo of, uh, of a service they had a month later. Um, and that was the church. Come on. That deserves, yeah, give it a hand. Yeah, that deserves an applause for Jesus. And we planted a church there a year ago. Their kids' ministry, we went back there. Their kids' ministry is 250 kids. And the church is only 120 people. Come on, come on! It's a fertile, it's a fertile area, but uh, they're really doing well. They have service every day for the kids, seven days a week, because they can't fit two hundred and fifty kids in one place. Um, so that's really exciting stuff. Um, I just came back from Tanzania. Um, 
We hold hands in partnership with Mission SOS out of Sweden. We had 35,000 people giving their life to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. 35,000 people. If heavens throws a party at one believer, can you imagine what's going on there at 35,000? That's a never-ending never party. Come on. Uh, so we're really excited. Pakistan, 35,000 people gave their life to Jesus in the, Muslim, in the middle of a Muslim country. 99% Muslim in the area that we're in. Can I tell you uh, uh, something that, that, that somebody said to us as we were going in? He told Johannes, the preacher says, just so you know, we got intel that there is snipers in the audience. You don't want to go to Pakistan anymore, do you? <laughs> it was an amazing place. And um, people gave their life to Jesus like crazy. Miracles, signs, and wonders were just amazing. Um, how many here? Can I tell you one more story? Because this, this, this I, I love, we have to leave everybody with miracle stories. Fern, we wouldn't have okay. brought you here if we didn't uh, can we leave? Can, I've got to leave you with miracle stories. Six months ago, we were preaching Jesus at a Methodist church. There's 150, 200 people in there. Methodists usually don't believe that signs, healings, and miracles is still part of today's era. And... Um, we, we were there preaching the gospel. At the end, I felt, I felt the, the Holy Spirit asking me to tell, ask everybody that needs a healing in their body to come up. So I grabbed the microphone off the preacher and I said, there are people here who needs a healing in their bodies. I want you to come up. The God wants to heal your body today. I didn't expect a 70-year-old guy who was blind to walk up. Come on, somebody. He had a disease in his eye called ptosis, I think, and where your, your, the, the, the muscle of your eyelid dies, and then you can't open your eyes anymore. And because of that, eventually, you can be blinded for it, and that's what happened to him. So he came up, one eye works, the other eye doesn't work. And he said, I'm blind off this eye. He gives me headaches all the time. I have very blurred vision on the other eye. And, and, and I, I, I'm in line for surgery. I said, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And he said, yeah. And so I lay hands on his eye and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I took my hand off and I said, open your eyes. And I could, I could see every muscle on his, on his forehead moving. You know, he is... I mean, his faith was there. Can you see this? His faith is there. He's, he's like trying to open that eye. That eye didn't move. Didn't move. The skin was still there, closed. And I'm like, Lord, am I going to be a fool here in front of 200 people? Or are you going to open his eye? Come on. It's one or the other. Either, either this is true or this is not. Okay? And he tell me that if I lay hands on somebody in faith, and if they have faith, he'll open the eyes of the blind. And so I lay hands on him again. I say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And he doesn't open his eye. And so I hear a whisper from the Holy Spirit. It says, wash it with water. And I said, you said what? <laughs> right? I'm glad he didn't say to spit on it. I would have, though. I grabbed that bottle of water real quick. And there was a bottle of water right behind me. And I... And I get some water in my hands, and I wipe it over his eye. And his eye began to come up and come up. I'm talking about we're like, I'm six inches from his nose. Can you see me? I'm wanting that eye to come up. And that eye began to come up and come up 
and come up. Next thing you know, both eyes are perfectly straight, both looking at me. And he's like this, looking at his hand. And he's going like this. And then he's going, wow. So, so I said, yeah, oh, now, please, no, God. come on. So now I said, I'm going to make, I'm going to make every single person in this church know that God is alive and that he opens the eyes of the blind. This church was probably double the size of this. And I said, sir, would you walk all the way to the door? Walk all the way to the door. And so he walked all the way to the door. And I said, how many fingers? And he's yelling from over there. One. How many fingers? Ten. How many fingers? Seven. This place erupted. People came up for more healing. And then Jesus met us. Jesus met us. Can you imagine what's happened there in that community now? The pastor grabbed the microphone off my hand with tears in his eyes. And he goes, today, Jesus opened the eyes of the barn. That man was with me crying just yesterday. That he couldn't see. That he had all these problems with his eye. And Jesus opened his eye. Isn't it beautiful? It was a testimony for the whole community and for Jesus. So that's the stuff that you see um, in, in some of these countries because the need is so great in some of these communities and God needs a breakthrough. So he's casting out demons. He's opening the eyes of the blind. I have so many more stories. I'll stop now. I'll stop. Hey, let's give Fernando a hand. Love you, brother. Thank you. This is the kind of stuff that happens all around the world. And, you know, it's crazy because in America we don't think about that often because our world where we live here is so different than other places around the world. And that's kind of for a discussion for another day. But there is such great opportunity all around us in local spaces and around the world for our church to be able to make an impact and to be able to be used by the God who created the universe and has the ability to open blind eyes, that has the ability to raise people from the dead. And whether or not those crazy, miraculous things happen on a trip that you attend or not, I promise you that God will work in your life, he will work in my life, and he will change the way that we do church, the way that we work with our communities, the way that we teach and love people. And so look forward to opportunities coming uh, next year for us to be able to partner together and to be able to go on these trips. And, And I would just say, I would encourage you Like, we're not asking for a specific step of you to say, I want to be a missionary or I'm going to go on a trip today. What what I want for you and for me is for our hearts to just be open, to be obedient to what God is saying to us in that he wants to use each of us to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go into the world and teach the good news and make disciples He wants to do that. And you know, Jesus actually gave us the biggest pep talk that we could ever get. He told his disciples that you and I would do even greater things than he did. Even greater things. And he did some crazy stuff. He did the same kind of thing. He, he put water on a man's eyes. He spit in someone's eyes and, made, and, and they became, uh, they were not blind anymore. He, he took crippled people, people who were, who were lame in their entire life. They weren't able to walk and made them be able to walk. And Jesus said to his disciples and to us through scripture that we will do even greater things than that. I don't even know what that looks like. But even if just one mom in India 
hears the good news of Jesus and finds hope enough to not sacrifice her child into the water, that's a powerful thing that changes her life and sets the life of that baby boy or baby girl into a place that they would never have had, all because we chose to go. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.